Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez. I hope you guys are well on your Sunday morning. On this week's show, then, we'll be looking back at yesterday's 3-3 draw uh, up at Port Vale. Yet another late goal uh, conceded uh, by the Addicts as we had the lead three times and threw it away uh, three times. Now, seven games without a win. Joining me to discuss that, first up... Uh, top right, Nathan Muller, who's saying he's got a Vic Sticks uh, with him uh, this morning. How, how you doing, Nathan? You, you under the weather a bit? Yeah, I've had this. Um, I've had this sort of illness since like Boxing Day, and I can't really shift it. But um, yeah, I mean, managed to watch a nice and entertaining game yesterday to cheer me up. But um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all good, mate. Yeah, late late goitis. We've been suffering from it for a while, actually. And Nathan's been uh, been suffering even worse than most. And joining us, bottom of the screen. Uh, a man who spent many, many hours queuing for the Blackwall Tunnel on his way home from Port Vale yesterday is Tom Willing. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Looking forward to uh, discussing the game. Yeah, interesting uh, game. Uh, indeed, it was. So 3-3 uh, yesterday at Port Vale. We'll hear the goals in a few moments' time. We'll hear, of course, uh, from the Addicts boss, uh, Michael Appleton. We'll discuss signings as well. A couple have come in the door. One bid accepted, of course, for uh, Johnson Clark Harris, which is a big talking point. Uh, Slobodan Tedic has gone back. Uh, to Man City to fight for his place uh, in the City side uh, as well. So we'll talk about all of that. We're going to hear from our guest fan, Chris Collingwood, uh, second time lucky. And his microphone definitely works this morning because we've already checked it. So looking forward to hearing from Chris uh, later on in the show. We want to hear from you guys as well. Morning to uh, everyone in the chat. Morning to Norm's joining us. Good to hear from you, Norm. I haven't heard from you for a while. He said he's looking forward uh, to the show. He's had no golf uh, today. So a happy new year to you. Uh, morning to Ian, uh, to Keith, to all hell. Let loose Sam's in there. Martin, Robert, Sam, Wyatt as well, let us know um, your thoughts on, on yesterday's game. Why can't we keep a side out in the last 10 minutes of game? Seven goals in the last seven games in the last 10 minutes um, is costing us points. I think that I make it eight points has cost us over those seven games, which would be a very different point if we were, you know, looking at that that playoff gap, which, uh, as I've said already, we're, we're pretty much out of now. So, yeah, let us know what, why you think that happened, uh, what you've made of the links with uh, the likes of Johnson, Clark, Harris, and the two that have come in uh, so far as well. Nate, um, very briefly, just for here the highlights. Um, I- I'll try. I'll try and explain how I felt at full time yesterday. Obviously frustrated. Um, I actually enjoyed the game as well, which that's that's one of the first times I've enjoyed a game for a little while. It was actually a really entertaining game. But you know, we as I say to Michael in the interview, we know what Charlton are good at, and we know what Charlton are bad at, and and we saw it in bucketfuls yesterday. Yeah, we did. And like you said, it was a bit of a weird one, really, because I think overall, yeah, it was an entertaining game. But then obviously the sucker punch at the end, you're just it's just a bit of deja vu. But um, I know we talk about mentality in terms of defensively, but offensively, I think to, to be pegged back twice and go again, you know, it takes a bit of doing. Um, but it's the other side we're struggling with. And 
as much as you know it was a good game we've got to be honest they did pepper our goal and that's loose I'll use that term very loosely because I think that if I was a Port Vale fan and I didn't get anything out of that game I would have been absolutely raging but um yeah a bit of an odd one really but we didn't lose it's another point you know we're nearly there for survival for the year so we can all start getting excited again yeah, that uh, sums us up. Ne- nearly got survival in League One and we're only halfway through the campaign. What an achievement. Eh? Let's have a listen to the goals then from Cholton TV. Uh, you commentators, as always, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. One back as Dobson prepares to take again for Cholton. Swings in towards the near post. It's headed up in the air. Might come the way of 10A Watson. It does. Back inside. Carnu gets a touch, but Port Vale able to clear it away. As far as Eden, who heads forward. Louis Watson with a little touch and a break to Blackett-Taylor in a penalty here. Blackett-Taylor finishes through the legs of Ripley and gives Charlton the lead. A little flip from Louis Watson fell perfectly for Blackett-Taylor, who had the composure to finish. It gives Charlton the lead. Oh, the two Watsons combined, but that flicked header from Louis Watson, you can't overemphasise the importance of that. It completely flat-footed the Port Vale defence, and Blackett-Taylor was Jones. alive to that. Low on the ball again for Port Vale. Diagonal ball forward. Icchiesa with a header comes to Massey. Massey with a cross. That looked like it might have hit a hand. The referee's given a penalty. It was Anderson who tried to block the cross. His hand was up in the air. Chislet. Take it. Takes it. Sends Maynard the wrong way. And we're level. Control. Just that last couple of minutes. Well, no good grief. <laughs> I forgot about this. Poke it towards Tyrese Campbell. Blackett Taylor goes on the outside. Low cross in towards Carnu, but the touch from Low was important. Port Vale make a meal of it. Might come the way of Carnu! Yes! Show and score! And it's Daniel Carnu with the goal. Port Vale struggling to clear their lines. Carnu. Off a 1-2 with Eden, an accidental 1-2. But there was Daniel Carnu to score for Charlton. And didn't he enjoy that, Massey Daniel Carnu? Well, back to Sam with the cross. It Piazza with the header. It's scrambled in. So the cross came in. It was Massey who held up the ball. Poked it back. Way of Smith it was with the cross. It Piazza won the header. Brewer got a touch to it but couldn't keep it out the Port Vale level well, we needed to hang on we needed to stay in front for a period of time to Blackett Taylor Blackett Taylor now to take on Smith corner of the penalty area does take him on can he get there to the byline gets it across oh and he's headed clear before it can find Therese Campbell but Thomas will pick it up edge of the area now Therese Campbell and it's in Campbell finishes for Jordan Ripley got the save, but he couldn't keep it out, and the Addicts have to lead back. Well, suddenly Chance started playing the way we were seeing in the early part of the second half, and they maintaining possession. Cuts to Massey. Cuts inside Massey. It's got uh, Walters inside of him. Chislip available. Ball into the edge of the box, and uh, Massey with a shot. Oh, it's gone in. I have no idea how that managed to get into that bottom corner, but it has. And the home side of that level. Yes, again, just one of the softest goals you'll see all season. Edge of the pound here, no pressure. Finds the target. And then when you're away from home, you want to fight for everything for those three points. You can't allow shots to come in from the edge of your pound here so easily. 
There we go. Greg Stubbley turning into Neil Warnock at the end. There you go. Die for those three points. <laughs> but, oh, hugely frustrating once again, as per always, Tom. Um, I mean, I've sort of run out of ways to ask Michael Appleton about these late goals. You know, I, I, it's another one. I said, you must be, you must be getting frustrated with these. Um, and then he, he has spoken about seniority. On, uh, we have a pretty senior back four, back five, I guess, if you keep, you know, if you keep the goalkeeper in there as well, because actually he's been playing for, for a while now. Surely, even if there are younger players in the midfield, I don't, I don't know. Surely, there, there there has to be this organisation coming from the back line. Ash can see everything in front of him. Michael and and Lloyd are, are senior defenders. They should be able to marshal players. Louis Watson was the man who let Massey get behind him, and then Jones didn't break him down. But who who out of that back line is telling Louis Watson where Massey is, and then taking charge of the situation if it has got beyond him? I mean, it keeps happening. Some something's not right there. Yeah, I think, well, it's it's just a huge combination of things. I think uh, Jason mentioned earlier in the comments, maybe fitness and conditioning, I think possibly. Um, certainly we look tired, but that might not be fitness conditioning. It might be just the size of the squad and the availability of players. He also mentioned good choices coming off the bench, which again, you know, Terrell Thomas came on midway through that second half. But apart from that, you're looking at that bench and there's not a lot there. Um, I, I think look, I've seen a couple of comments about Ash. I still don't know how I feel about him. I, I know he's a good shot stopper, but in terms of leadership and commanding, I, I don't know. But Jones, I've been really, really impressed with this season. But at the same time, I don't necessarily hear him shouting and marshalling a back line. Hector, I would expect to do that as a, the most senior uh, player in that back line. But again, I'm not sure. So I think it's a combination of things. You could probably argue defending from the front as well. Those players not getting back enough. There is a lot of youth in that side as well, but I don't think it's a good enough excuse. And largely, I think ultimately, if you had to summarise it in one thing, it's, it's just game management. It's game management. And it's, I suspect, like us fans, and I saw uh, Michael just put in the comments, you knew we were going to let the lead slip. It wasn't a surprise. When the board went up for, was it four minutes of added time, I said to, to Sam, who was sat next to me, well, we've got plenty of time to concede two. And I was kind of tongue in cheek. But at the same time, the fact they scored one of the two didn't surprise me in the slightest. And if we're feeling like that, I know the players shouldn't be, but it's happened so many times in so many consecutive games now that there must be an element of that that creeps in, that they think, well, unless we're two goals ahead with five minutes left, there's a good chance we're going to get pegged back here. And mentally weak, mentally weak, game management, it, it's just not there at the moment. And it... <laughs> The only point I empathise with uh, Appleton a little bit in is he does say, you know, when things are not going your way, this tends to happen. I would feel if we'd have, you know, like you were saying, if we'd have won that Burton game, who knows what a difference the other games were. But the point is we didn't. We didn't win it. So I'm not going not gonna to defend him too much. But it's just one of those things now where every week you expect, even if the ball's up in their box with 30 seconds left, you just expect that they're going to score. Whereas if we were on a run of three or four wins, you don't. And, and I I think it's okay for us fans to feel that because that's natural. But as players, you've got to be mentally stronger to be able to cope with that. And and at the moment, they're not. Mm. Uh, Nathan, how, how do we stop these late disasters from happening? As I said, there's seven, there's seven goals in the last seven games that we've conceded after 80 minutes. And I, I think we've scored maybe two now in that time because Tyrese's was on about 82, 83 yesterday. Um, and, and it's costing us a lot of points at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's difficult because it's like Tom was saying. If there's an anxiety in the group when um, 
when you're defending a lead. I mean, it's natural as a human that you're going to get that, but you, then you're relying on your senior pros to sort of guide you through it. But there's some, there's so many goals that we've conceded where they're just easily avoidable. I know Oxford's one, you know, it was a screamer, but we maybe could Fraser have pressed it, blah, 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 whatever. But I think yesterday, yesterday's one is just a desire of, of wanting to defend. Sometimes I look at us and I go, we don't want to defend as a team. So, like for me, Joe, like Jones has been great for us this season. But I'm thinking, if you had a Jason Pearson now, I don't want to keep harking back to the olden days or anything. But Jason Pierce would literally throw himself at that ball, literally throw his he'll throw his face in it if he could. But we just seem a bit tepid, you know what I mean? We're just a bit half-hearted sometimes. And I think to to win those games, those nitty gritty games is you've got to put your body on the line and really throw yourself at it. And I just don't think we do it enough, not just yesterday, just I think throughout the season and maybe for the last couple of years, which is quite, seems quite soft. And like I say, it's difficult because I thought yesterday we'd done okay in, in parts, but we got peppered. And I know Michael said, yeah, they put the effort in, but I'm sorry, that's a bare minimum. I'm sorry, you don't get, I'm not going to praise people for putting 100% in because that's what you're supposed to do, aren't you? You don't put put 75% and go, oh, well, we didn't do enough today. Well, that's not good enough. You've got to mm. put 100% in, which is standard, and then you do your qualities, and it's the decision-making, which is costing us every week. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is a great point by Matthew um, in the chat here. He says, I thought we played well in patches, but against teams like Port Vale, if that's our standard, uh, it, it's a bad sign. And, and I think, yeah, I think that sort of summed up sort of where we are a little bit at the end there, Tom. Because like I said, I looked at that away end and I saw, you know, everyone's clapping. Everyone enjoyed the game. It was an enjoyable game. It was, it was quite a, a thrilling game. You know, we were under pressure in big spells. We did have a couple of good spells ourselves. Um, and we come away with a point away from home and we're seven without a win and we're miles off the playoffs. And it's just like, it, it was almost like yesterday was almost a, a distraction from the fact that we are in the malaise we are in because it was a decent game. But, you know, again, I went back on, on Radio London yesterday and Phil Parry literally said, like, I'm not being funny, but it's Port Vale. And it, when he was reacting to, to an interview with Michael Appleton, like, is, is that enough? Obviously, it's not. Like, I saw a great tweet from from Jimmy Stone on Twitter yesterday. That is, is, there's almost been an acceptance that this is our level now. And I said that, I remember saying that quite a lot at the end of last season. And it really frustrated me. And maybe it's just the fact that I've been so down on the club for the last month, particularly after what's happened. That I, I was almost happy just to have almost what felt like an afternoon off because it was a good game. And and that is where we are. I'm just I'm just clinging for anything at the moment because because it is so miserable. We are going to Port Vale and scoring three and not winning games. The bloody Port Vale. It's not even Stoke. It's Port Vale. Yeah, and and to go back to to Nate's point, the I enjoyed yesterday as a standalone game. I enjoyed the game. Uh, you're right. We clapped the majority of the players off, um, and largely that was down to the fact that they gave us a hundred percent. But as Nate says, that's not that's not acceptable and. In a microcosm, if I compare that game to Oxford at home and then the Bristol and Leighton Orient games, which I was at, there was marked improvement. We scored some goals. We looked a little bit better. We put more effort in. So if you just look at those four games, I think that's what people were reacting to. But on a wider scale, you're completely right. And you've been saying, I think at the start of this season too, people are happy, to not happy, but people are kind of accepting that this is our level. And we shouldn't be. We absolutely shouldn't be. Um that's a game, well, we said it. We said it pre-Burton. Again, I'll go back to that point. We said, look, kick off this period against Burton with a win. You're going away to Orient, who I don't think have won at home all season. Lost that and were awful. Go away to Bristol, should be winning that or at least getting a point. 
Then you come at home to Oxford. Okay, tougher game, but you're back at home, throw it away in the last minute. And away to Port Vale, you'd think if those results had gone your way, you're a few places above them. And that should be a game that you should be winning, particularly if you're going ahead three times away from home. So it's not acceptable. It's hard, isn't it? We, we haven't seen enough from this new ownership to know if, if there is a rebuild in place and what that's going to look like. I know they're doing this YouTube thing in a week. I know that the January transfer window might start to tell us it. And I know there's a huge split amongst the fan base at the moment around Appleton. And uh, and it seems like the, the hierarchy are leaning towards keeping him for now, whether you agree with that or not. Now, if there is some sort of long-term plan under Appleton and being backed, sadly, we're not going to know too much about that until the latter stage of this season into next year. And so I guess I looked at yesterday as, well, we're not making the playoffs anyway. I've had a nice day out. I've seen a good game of football and that's pretty much all I can accept from the season now, so long as they're giving us 100%. I don't know what more at this stage of the season I can ask of a Charlton team, other than obviously holding on for the extra two points, which would have been a little bit better. But ultimately, I don't feel like that's going to get us into the playoffs anyway. So maybe it's maybe it's a, an acceptance of where we are, not because I'm happy with it, but because I know we're not going up. But it's not. It's certainly not acceptable. It's not acceptable. But there's there's not enough time to turn it around now. You know that Charlton have made their bed. We're going to be in League One next year at best. Yet again, I don't think that's good enough. But there's nothing we can do at this stage in the season to do it. Even if we won every game the rest of this season, I can't see us now making that gap up. And it's uh, yeah, it's very depressing. But it's where we are. I mean, if we won every game, we would make the gap up. But yeah, uh, obviously we're not going to do that because we can't. We've literally not won a game in seven games. Andrew said we're on the same points as Shrewsbury, who scored seventeen and have a minus nineteen goal difference. Depressing status. You know, always, I don't know. I always feel a little bit condescending to Shrewsbury because they always seem to be about seventeenth in League One. Um, they're fifteenth today. They're, they've got got a bit of a nosebleed actually. But um, I always think how boring it must be to support Shrewsbury for some reason because they they always sit in the lower reaches of League One, and we're turning into uh, into that side. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting frustrating. Um, there was a couple of comments about Ash there. Ashley absolutely had to do better with a second goal. Lloyd-Jones had to do better with a second goal as well. He was beaten by Ekpezu, who, to be fair, was an absolute presence up top for for Port Vale. But, um, yeah, Joseph said, without Ash, uh, we would have lost his young. Uh, it's not in his nature to shout at professionals who should know uh, what to do. It's a confidence issue. It will come, but the defence needs sorting out. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Dylan Phillips was, was a pretty vocal goalkeeper, and, and, and that's probably a bit of the characteristics we need as part of that back line. He made some great saves yesterday, really good saves. One of them, I think, from a deflected shot in the second half. That's all a Port Vale fan online said was one of the best saves he'd ever seen. Uh, it was a great save, but then it's similar to when we've said, oh, you know, Heck, Heck had a great game apart from that mistake he made a few weeks ago. Like, you can't be doing that, Nathan. Yeah, th- there's there's a few different things there that need to change. Yeah, exactly. They're just fine margins, aren't they? So, you know, you could have a nil-nil and you go, oh, so-and-so had a great game, but he missed an open goal in the 90th minute. Well, he didn't really, did he? But I get the point about Ash. Like, he made some great saves and he could have done better with a goal, one million percent. But, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> He still made the saves, but it's the fact that how many saves he had to make. I think we need to focus on that point of why he was in the position to make that many saves. We're not playing, in fairness to Port Vale, we're not playing Portsmouth or Peterborough. Well, we are next week. Um, and, you know, they were, I know they're a very attacking side at home. They've got some weird results going on at home. But it's just, um, I just think we're so easy to play against. And I know it's naturally we're always going to look at the defence because... Their last line, and if they make a mistake, it's going to be highlighted a lot more than if you lose a ball in midfield. But it's just so many errors across the pitch, and we're just inconsistent. 
because we're so inconsistent, I don't know which team's going to turn up next Saturday. For all, it wouldn't surprise me if we go beat Peterborough 2-0. It wouldn't be, well, maybe not clean sheet, 2-1. But do you know what I mean? It's just a bit, we're so inconsistent and that's why we are middle of the pack in League One. And we will be until we we get that consistency. Mm. Um, Norman says uh, players in improved performance momentum look forward to next season that's what we can hope for this uh, this campaign uh, I guess Guy says uh, I really think it is the level though it's years worth of assembling a squad from free agents loans who are unfit and low uh, on game time and blooding uh, the youth uh, before they're ready uh, well, one of the boarders uh, joined us Gavin Carter uh, says I can assure you that no one is accepting this uh, as our level and you know and that's what they'll have to prove as as the January goes on you know I mean I think if you look at some of the signings we made in in the summer it, whilst it might not have been accepting this was our level it certainly has put us as part of this, this level that's um you know there's still a lot of work to do that, that needs fixing there Tom and we said it you know I certainly said at the end of last year it was really frustrating I mean, there were games last year well raking over old ground here like when we lost 6-0 at Ipswich and and like a week later everyone was buzzing because we beat MK or, or the week before and it's just like I, I thought the players at times you know given some of the effort levels at the end of last season thought that was acceptable but yeah there's there's still there's still a lot to do to sort of prove you know the the, the what we're the, the direction that we're heading in you know hopefully if we can get Johnson Clark Harris over the line that's part of it but you know that's that's only one part of it at, at this stage of the season Tom. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. And I don't know what's going to happen with CBT and, and Dobbo, but I suspect they're both, they're both going to go um, either in January or in the summer. So you lose Dobson, who's kind of that midfield part of the spine. And we were talking about this on the coach home yesterday. I'm still not convinced by, by Ash in terms of a leader. Maybe he needs more game time. And usually I'm somebody who's like, look, consistency in game time will get those young players there. Maybe Jones becomes kind of that linchpin of, of the centre-backs and then you've got Clark Harris and May up top but that midfield still you know there's lone players coming in now even if we do make one or two of them a permanent you know they're going to have had six months of not even six months of football with us so that whole midfield you'd think is going to need some sort of rebuild yet again and going into next year we need a really solid really solid spine because as you say Johnson, Clark, Harris and May, as it stands, are going to need to score probably a couple of goals each every single game if we want any hope of winning. And realistically, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, there's a huge amount of work to be done. As I say, I think the board hopefully are aware of that and maybe they'll talk a little bit more about that on Wednesday. Um, but having to listen to the board come and future plan for next season in early January, yet again, is as fans, is not acceptable. You know, you look at, I think somebody posted the points per or points at this stage in the season over the last seven years. You look at the last three or four, like this next year will be the fifth, I think, in a row in League One. It's just, it's the same. Every year it's the same. We're on about the same amount of points and we're in about the same position in the table. And yeah, it's we have no divine right to be in the championship. We have no divine right to be pushing higher than that. But I do feel like we're a big enough club that we should be pushing for the top end of League One as a minimum. And, and we're not. Yet again, we're not. And that's down to consistent mismanagement of this club. And these new owners have got to prove that they're not going to do that yet again, because if they do, it's just going to be the same old again next year. And we're already thinking like that. So, yeah, they've got a lot on their hands. They've got a lot to work with. They've got two or three owners worth of mismanagement to sort out. And so far, they haven't proven they can do it, but I don't know if they've had enough time yet. So, um, yeah, it's a big, big six months ahead for them. Mm, yeah, uh, this time last season, we had 31 points after... 
25 games, we're on 30 this year, so we, we've gone ever so slightly backwards <laughs> at the stage after the run we've had uh, over Christmas. We've, we've sat still, effectively, which is a frustrating thing. Um, James said he thought Jones was awful yesterday, watched their third goal with his hands on his knees. He's been poor recently. He, like I say, he, he got beaten in the air by Paisley for the second one. He didn't close down um, for the third one, and he certainly, you know, like I say, I, I imagine he should be part of that defensive unit marshalling the players ahead of him to make sure that Massey can't slip into a little bit of space. I mean, obviously, Louis Watson's got to take uh, some of the blame for letting him get beyond him. But, I mean, Louis, overall, had, had an assist yesterday, Naif. Um, you know, people have been calling for him to come back in. Um, what did you make of his performance yesterday? Yeah, I thought he'd done OK. I thought he looked quite bright early stages. I think towards the end of the game, he was blowing massively. Um surprised he didn't get taken off, to be fair, because he looked like he was struggling a little bit physically. But... Um, we didn't really have a lot on the bench. We just had a load of younger players uh, and um, and Scott Fraser. So we didn't really, I didn't know what he could do, but maybe he said to him before the game, you know, is a chance to have a go. But I think, yeah, I thought he was bright. Um, <laughs> enjoyed his tackle. That was a proper, proper sort of <laughs> Brexit kind of tackle, that one when he just hacked him down, wasn't it? But um, yeah, I thought he'd done okay. He's, he's, he is what he is. He's quite bright and he gets around the pitch very well. So I, I don't think he'd done himself any disservice yesterday. Right, we've still got loads of messages to come to. We've still got our guest man, Chris Collin, where we've still got to talk about the transfer business. But I think we should hear from uh, Michael Appleton because he covers quite a lot of those topics uh, in our post-match interview. This is what he had to say after yesterday's draw uh, up at Port Vale. Pretty entertaining game. I guess we know what your side are good at and the areas they struggle in and we saw both bits of it today. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was um, definitely one for one for the neutrals. Obviously, lots of... Lots of goals, lots of chances either end. Um, some good striking, some poor misses, some good saves. You know, um, it had pretty much everything. Um, and some really poor decision. Uh, sorry, uh, refereeing decisions as well. As that's not not helping at this moment in time. But um, I, the, the most pleasing thing for me was the spirit we shown today. You know, um, for us to put the effort we did in against Oxford on New Year's Day and then get that sucker punch right near the end to be able to do what we've done today is pleasing. There's another sucker punch at the end again. It's uh, something that's keep happening at the moment. Mm. Is that really frustrating for you this time? Yeah, yeah. There's times when I just want to get myself on the pitch myself and you know and deal with it. Um, but I think I mentioned it last week and certainly I've mentioned it this week. You know, We've got to keep putting ourselves in that position. That's the most important thing. So when you're on a run and I've got a spell like this, it's dead easy to lose 2-3-0, you know, and when you don't go ahead in the game or you concede the first goal, or the opposition to sort of get away from you and you think, oh, you're right, next week it's not going to happen. But the, the one thing the players are really good at is, yeah, the, the, the getting themselves in that position time and time again. Now, ultimately, at some point, we've got to, got to get over the line and got to see it out. Um, but I'm a firm believer that if you do keep putting yourself in that position, one or two maybe new faces, etc., to give everyone else a, a lift... Uh, that will happen. Do you think it is that more sort of experience added to the side will help? Because obviously you still have quite an experienced back four on the pitch, but in, in the midfield there's a couple of young players in there. Is that, is that what the difference will be? I hope so. I hope so because everyone's got to play the part. You know, it's not about any individual or a unit. Everyone's got to play the part, and um, I think that you know there's a there's a lot of tired minds towards the end. Never mind tired bodies. You know, the, the two separate things, and and obviously when you're tired between the eyes, you know you can. You know, make some sort of silly errors or silly decisions at times. And um, if we can try and keep the players as fresh as we possibly can and, and have options and make sure that we can, you know, if we have to rotate, we can do, then obviously that's going to help us. 
I haven't seen a replay, but after it went to 3 3, should, should that have been a penalty right at the end? It's, yeah, it's absolute stonewall. Stonewall. The reality is, is Lloydie's there to tap it in the goal. Lloydie's there to tap it in the goal, and obviously the guy's like blocked it with his hand. So it, it's even more disappointing because obviously I get the reason why he gave the, the, the penalty in the first half. Um, but at the same time, Karoy's so unfortunate. You know, he's sliding in to try and you know, block the cross with his feet and he's obviously his hands up but I think if you're going to give those type of decisions then surely you've got to give what we're seeing at the end and Corey got a great reception from the fans after his goal he's been fantastic this season I mean the mm. SLP said that you've had a bid that you rejected is it going to be difficult to keep hold of a player in that sort of form who knows well, one thing I would say is that you know from his point of view his, his attitude was brilliant today and you know he's you know he put a shift in he got his goal um, he was, you know, struggling towards the end. He was cramping up. That's why we had to get him off the pitch. But um, yeah, from my point of view and his point of view, we'll, we'll stay sort of focused on day to day. And you know, if we, um, if anything changes, and other than us rejecting bids that come in, then obviously you'll know about it. It's great to see Dan get his first goal since coming back. And I thought TC probably the goal came at a good time for him because he was quite bright in the first half. The second half he looked like he was losing a little bit of confidence and, and scored a good goal there. Yeah, he got he got sort of manhandled off the ball a little bit in that second half. They got a bit more aggressive with him, and um, like you say, he, he was he looked bright in that first half. He caused them a few issues and. Yeah, it's good for him to, to sort of get off the mark again. You know, it's been a while since, I think, was it the Reading goal that he scored? You know, a cracker a few, you know, a couple of months back now. But, yeah, I think that'll do him the world of good going into, obviously, you know, some tough games coming up. Yeah, Alfie was obviously 50-50 before today. Um, what's the update? Is, is it still going to be 50-50 next week? I think it is, but I think certainly um, the fact that we've got now a week, you know, between the games and not five days or whatever it was between that and Oxford, certainly gives him a better opportunity being ready for Peterborough and um, you know I know he's desperate to play he's frustrated at the minute um, hopefully uh, you know we'll, we'll have that type of firepower back next week Talking to Peterborough they've got a decent striker as well which uh, you've had a bid accepted we understand what can you tell us at this point how are the negotiations going with the player himself? Not at the minute to be honest with you I've just been literally focusing on this one as you can imagine we've, just, we've came down last night uh, yesterday afternoon after training um, so Obviously, I'll pick up that conversation with Andy and Jim and, and Simon over the next sort of 24 hours and hopefully have a bit more info for you. I've got two in nice and early, which, mm. is, which is obviously good to see mm. Tyreek and, and Lewis. Um, yeah. What can you tell us about those two, first of all? Well, Tyreek, from, from a physicality point of view, he's a, he's a man mountain in the middle of the park. He's six foot three. He can deal with the ball. He can play as a four. He can play as an eight. And he's had a lot of success at this level, you know, only as recently as obviously last season with Plymouth getting promoted. Um, so yeah, he's um, he's going to give us a great option there. I think from Lewis's point of view, he's he's definitely um, a little bit more attack-minded. Um, scores a lot of goals from outside the box. You know, from 20 yards, 22 yards, he's deadly. Um, takes things on the back foot. Really positive. So worked with him a couple of times already. I know what I'm getting. I know what can expect. And for this level at this level he, he, he's very very good obviously they were signed too late to be involved today but I'm particularly with Lewis because obviously we know he's coming off the back mm. of some, some difficult injury yeah. problems is, is he ready to go does he need a bit of a, a, a mini pre-season or anything like that he's, he doesn't need a mini pre-season because he's working he's been training now for the last five weeks but certainly from a from a like a playing point of view we def, definitely going to have to stagger him so I think I mentioned it last week or the week before you know we've been in a position last few games where not necessarily today but last few games where when we've had to make changes, the, 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 the sort of levels dropped a little bit, the standard, and we've not gone again. And 
I think what Lewis will do for a few games is if he has to come off the bench and that's his way of doing it, then he'll certainly be able to sort of pick up uh, the standard and sort of help be able to kick us on a little bit. So it's very early days, so I've not even seen him play yet, mm. but I mean, are these two players that you might cast your eye over thinking ahead to, to, to next season? Potentially, I think. Thousand where I'm sure Tyreek's out of contract, so um, that's something something that we can be aware of. Um, Lewis, I've got two and a half years left on his deal at, at Man City, but obviously he's getting to an age now where clearly he needs to play football on a regular basis, a regular basis, and he needs to find a home. He's clearly not going to play for Man City, so you know that might be something that. You know, down the line, as long as he does well, stays fit, and plays the games that we might look to do. Just fine. I mean, I quite enjoyed seeing the away and mm. were happy at full yeah. time because they've seen an entertaining game and, and obviously no lack of effort or anything yeah. today. But obviously, mm. the, the frustration with the run of results is still mm. there. Is it just a case of just getting through as many games like this and trying to pick up that win? Before I think the, it is. The, I think it yeah. is. I think it is, uh, Lou, because we, it's one of them where, you know, there's not a lack of effort in the team. I think everyone can see that. There's not a lack of spirit. It's obviously something lacking because we can't see a game out and we can't get that last little little bit that we need. I do think that's down to a couple of things. One, when you're in the moment and it's happened to you a couple of times, the only way out of it is to, like I've said earlier, stay in that moment, keep getting into them positions. And then if we can add like a little bit of experience, a little bit of quality, um, maybe we get ourselves in a position where we're two or three in the open. We don't have to worry about that. We've like, you know, you know six minutes on the clock goes up. So... Um, keep knocking on the door, keep being there. And if we do that on a regular basis, I think with what we've brought in so far and potentially what we can bring in going forward, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll finish really strongly. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police-checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer it's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday morning. Just for the break there, we heard from the Addicts boss, uh, Michael Appleton. Um, yeah, I mean, lo- loads of this 
things we spoke about we've already discussed, but I guess we can go in on some of the, the signings. Um, Luis Fiorini, if I've pronounced that correctly, has signed on loan from Manchester City. We've sent uh, Slobodan Tedic back, it's a bit of a swap deal there. Um, Tedic, obviously, with, with Haaland out injured now, we'll be, we'll be trying to break into the the Manchester City first team. Uh, we've also brought in Tyreek Backinson from Sheffield Wednesday uh, on loan. Um, I, I, uh, he's, he sounds like he's a bit of a unit in midfield there, according to um, Mike Rapson. He's not known for his goal scoring, apart from when he plays us, but that, that that's where he accounts for a lot of teams, really, doesn't it? So he's played us twice and scored twice, uh, and those are the last two league goals he scored, and they were both for different clubs. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see what, what he's going to bring. I mean, the, the point is that I did put to Michael there about the fitness, which I found interesting, obviously, particularly with Fiorini, is that he's not played a game this season. You know, he had, he had bad injury problems last season. He's had a recovery point this season as well. I mean, guys saying genuinely, why are we bringing in players that aren't fit enough uh, to start games? Um, I mean, that, that is a concern. Um, you know, we, we, we've, we, we've had bad luck, if that's the right phrase, and it's absolutely not, actually. We, we, we've been silly to sign players who were injury-prone previously, and it's cost us naive. So, this just got to hope that, that they've done the, done the background on, on this chap and that he is fit enough to go and show us what he's about because on paper, Michael said he's a good player, but it is a risk when you sign players like that and we're going to be trying to ease him in to the first team with sub-appearances by the sounds of it. Yeah, it looks as though in the interim, in the short term, he's probably going to be doing those sort of sub-appearances, but I think the difference the difference between Fiorini and maybe someone else is that obviously Michael's worked with him and he's at Blackpool and uh, um, what's the other gaff? Uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. So yeah, so he he knows what he's about, and I think Fiorini knows exactly what Michael wants, how he wants to play, and then then once he's back up to speed, it's how he then fits into a system. If we do get Clark Harris and um, May, that's going to be an interesting one for me anyway. If we veer away from a to a new formation or whatnot. But yeah, it is, I can understand the concern in terms of him not being up to speed, but I think you're going to get an element of that in this window unless you're playing, you know, you're playing sort of top dollar for people who are playing every week because then you're trying to buy players that are probably other teams' best players. So, and loans, you're only going to get people to try and get minutes under their belt. So I, I can sort of get it, the frustration in it. But I can also see the same side that you've you've only got a limited pool of players that you're going to get in January, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Paul's saying with his uh, recent injury history, I hope that Lewis uh, is not going to be another Pan Kamara, who obviously, you know, we, we signed a player uh, last at the start of this season who's had massive injury problems. I mean, that, that is the risk that you take, and it is a risk that we take a lot, it seems, Tom, and and, and it has cost us consistently. Backinson has played a bit recently, so he hasn't started a, a league game since, I think, October when I looked this up yesterday, um, he has made three sub-appearances, I think in the last three games for Sheffield Wednesday, but certainly recently uh, for, for for Wendy's. So hopefully he'll be in a bit of better shape. But yeah, again, it is, it'll be interesting to see if he is sort of in, in, in the shop window for us now because he, his contract is up at the end of the season. So he's got to play for a deal. And you know, we've got to hope that, that he turns out to be good. What we've got to be realistic about is we've got to hope that our transfer business and our recruitment is better than it has been in the last two windows and not my words the words of uh, Michael Appleton yeah and I think when we raised that point before I said actually it's been five or six windows but I uh, he was on loan at Ipswich I think the maybe the year they went up uh, or maybe the year before but um the family were were not impressed with him there but I you know Ipswich were probably a, a much better side than we are so 
maybe coming into this level, he'll actually look a little bit better than, than he did for them. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I know people are sort of clambering for, for permanent signings and, you know, loans only fix a, a short-term sort of temporary stopgap. But as you say, these are players potentially, uh, less so with Fiorini, but more so with Atkinson potentially. If, uh, you know, if he does perform well, it could be somebody that we could bring in and, and keep hold of. And again, start to, to mould the team around a little bit more. Um, uh, there has to be some sort of consistent strategy. I don't, I don't know what it is, obviously, but that that's what's important now, that everything we do in January and everything we do in the summer is consistent and all working towards next season. Because as I say, I just can't see anything happening this year now, sadly. So, yeah, if they're part of that, brilliant. Um, it, it, that's that's kind of all we can hope for at this stage. I won't claim to know too much about either of the two players, but they've got to just come in. And as you say, if he's fighting for a contract and he does well, then maybe that's somebody that fits that spine I was talking about a little bit earlier. Mm, yeah, and um, Jonathan says back in soon, very comfortable on the ball, big and strong. Uh, should dominate the middle of the park, but doesn't. Always seems to be a yard off the pace. That's Wednesday's views. Uh, it says they're very mixed on him. So, yeah, he, he obviously is going to have to try and prove... Uh, himself, James saying uh, Appleton clearly having input into the transfers. So it's like he's here for the duration. Uh, duration. Ho hum. Yeah, I mean, I think that has been clear. As it might have been Tom that said it earlier. You know, I think it was Joe who who called for his sacking on on Thursday's pod. But it just doesn't feel like that's the case at the moment. After what Andy Scott said a couple of weeks ago, obviously Richard uh, Corley put in his reports that uh, he, he doesn't think that's the case recently. And Richard doesn't just make stuff up. Obviously, he speaks to to relevant people. So yeah. Um, yeah, Matthew saying, I like the look of Backinson. We're a real soft touch, so hopefully he can provide a bit of backbone uh, in the middle. And that's what we'll learn about him. Obviously, we need to talk about Johnson Clark Harris. Um, bid accepted. Um, coming to negotiate terms now. That There is still a decision for the player to make. Um, I guess the way the way you get your top transfer targets is you make it that the player doesn't have a decision to make. And, and obviously, that that's how you've got to find the balance in your budget. And you got sometimes you have to overstretch to get the sort of players that you think are going to get you out of of League One, whilst being sensible at the same time. But you know we have got to get out of League One at some point, Nath. Um Yeah, his other option is maybe if he waits until the end of the season, then he's a free agent. And then when you when you sign as a free agent, your signing on fee tends to be a lot higher because you don't have to pay a a transfer fee for a club. So there is a decision for the player there to make. Our job is to make sure that there isn't one and, and that we 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 make sure that we get him if we're serious about getting these, these these big name players that we think can fire us to the next level, which is obviously higher than mid-table League One. Yeah, I think the other thing that Johnson Clark Harris has got to look at is that I know I don't know if there's any other um, teams in for him or had a bid accepted, but if it's only Charlton at the table, as you say, if you're looking at going, well, will Johnson Clark Harris look at himself and go, I reckon I could probably get a championship gig, a lower end championship gig, if I go on a free. If he thinks that's that can happen, then it'll be a bit crazy to join join us in League One. Um, I, I suppose it all depends on how he feels he's going to fit in um, to what division. I mean, obviously, I hope that he comes here because um, I think he's obviously proven at this level, and it's something him and May in, in the same side is going to be very very lethal. But yeah, I mean, it's looking at the, the transfer so far. You know, I can't really grumble at him. Really, I think we've all said. You know, we're going to be judging the the new ownership. Uh, we're still only in situ a little a short time. I know they did have the summer, but I mean, so far, so good. So you can't really grumble if we're if we're going after sort of 
a proven goal scorer at this level. So be interesting to see what Johnson Clark Harris does. I'm not going to get too excited until it happens because we know what can happen in football and know what can happen in transfers. So um, until it's on the official site, then I'll uh, start worrying about it. But on the tail end of that, it'll be interesting how he fits in in terms of getting May and him and Corey if he stays in the same side. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting to say you can't grumble about the, the transfer business yet. Uh, I, I've sort of, I, I have a new policy, which I think I've had since, maybe since after one of Sandgard's early seasons, where I don't judge any player when they come in, because and I don't get excited about any player when they come in. You know, we, we put a lot of trust in, you know, obviously now Andy and his team previously, <laughs> we put a little bit too much trust in Martin Sandgard and, and, and the recruitment before that to go out and get players. Obviously, obviously, when we sign a player, the club are going to tell us they're good. That's what they're going to do. It would be really weird if they didn't. Um, we need to see what they're actually like in, in the Charlton shirt. There's lots of players at this club currently that we were buzzing for when we signed. And actually, they haven't hit the level. And, that, and that's about the football management side of the club and, and making sure that we get players and, and get the best out of them. And, and yeah, so let, let, let's, let's not be hasty about anyone. Let's not assume they're going to be great certainly let's not assume they're going to be bad let's see how it works out and then we can judge people based on on the record you know six months down the line as we did with with the signings we got in the summer um which um obviously didn't didn't look great um at, at the moment um uh, john says that uh, we have 10 senior players contracted for next season uh we're going into another summer where we face the prospect of starting a season with youth players and playing catch up again perms uh, are needed i mean Certainly, the chat was we're going to be getting permanence in. So, yeah, I mean, I would like to see some stability uh, in, in the sides, you know. But I guess at the same time, it's a risk to say, let's say Tyreek Backinson is hit and miss, like some Sheffield Wednesday fans say. And then, but we sign him on a three year deal because we have to get permanence in. And then we're stuck with him, like we were with someone like Charlie Kirk or, or, or some of the other players we have. You can sort of see both sides of that one uh, and, and we need to get these decisions right right uh 15 minutes left let's bring in our guest fan i think for this week um plenty to talk about with chris collingwood assuming his microphone is still working uh we've tested it and tested it so let's let's hope for the best chris collingwood yeah uh, joins us as this week's guest fan how are you doing chris um oh all right i mean this yeah, is you so... know like the charlton upbeats we're like the charlton downbeats at the minute it's just <laughs> yeah uh definitely yeah, yeah i mean um yesterday's game and, and just your general feeling about everything then um what, what did you what did you make of yesterday what does it tell us about perhaps what we already know about this side um well on paper it was the worst lineup of the season i thought um great to see louis watson but then why is dobbo and him not taking the corners and free kick you know alternating or whatever um and then you're just waiting for the equalizer and it's 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 well, it's become comedy almost, um, where you're just thinking, well, we're going to let one in. And you can almost see the players start to retreat and retreat and their body language changes. And, yeah, it's just it's just a really miserable season. There's been no highs. You know, like the last few years we've had, I know, Ipswich last year, I know it was only a draw, um, 6-0 Plymouth. Couple of seasons ago, away to Sunderland in Jacko's first game, you kind of buzzing after those matches. I can't really remember any game this season where anyone has been really buzzing. And yesterday was another draw that felt like a defeat. There's been so many games that felt like defeats. Other than that, uh, Chris, uh, hello, mate. In terms of yeah, yeah. The, the the late goals, um, what what do you think it's down to? Because I mean, this is the the question that we seem to be saying every gleaming yeah. week at the moment. What what do you what are you putting it down? Leadership. If I'm honest, I love Dobbo, and he leads by example. 
but we haven't got a, I don't know, other people are always saying it, it's a Jason Pierce. And you mentioned it earlier, chucking yourself on the line, just going for it. You know, Ash is very quiet, great shot stuff or whatever. You know, my jury's out on him as well. But there's, yeah, there doesn't seem to be someone galvanising the team. And, you, you know, there's not that. And, we you know, we've all played to a lesser or better extent. And when you've got someone, come on, this, you know, really encouraging you, even, you know, the terrible level that I played, that kind of does do it for you. And sometimes, right, come back. There doesn't seem to be any organisation. And like I say, now that it's happening week after week, it just seems to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, really. So we need, we desperately need a leader, I think. My uh, football experience definitely at the lesser rather than the, the oh, greater yeah, level, Chris. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was lots of talk yesterday following on from Nate's question, really, about game management. And I see half of Twitter kind of putting putting that on Appleton and half of half of that putting it on the players. How much more do you think he can be doing in terms of setting the team up for that last 10 minutes? And how much do you hold the responsibility at his door for, for us conceding these late goals? Um, completely, really. Um, he's. I've never seen such a quiet manager he didn't seem to um, unless you know i'm not watching the whole game but he just didn't seem to give much input didn't sound any post-match interviews i'm thinking did you watch the same game there's a few times other players gave me everything like after oxford you're thinking really is that everything um so i, I just he keeps making substitutions that you think what are you doing that for you know like um and and I mean, he picks the team. Like, Karoy Anderson, Karoy, brilliant uh, at youth level. When I first started watching him at youth level, I thought, yeah, he's going to be a great player. But he's not ready yet. And yet he's playing 90 minutes every week. And, you know, until yesterday, playing 90 minutes over Louis Watson. Um, he seems to, you know, classically bringing on players with two minutes left to, to try and shore up the defence. And then we, we let one in. I, I, yeah, I, I think his game management's really poor. Um, I was more than underwhelmed with him, and I put on. I, I can be a bit vocal on Twitter. Um, I put if you pick, if you get a league middle of the table league one manager, that's where you're going to stay, and that's kind of where we are. It's um, yeah, and it's a, so one. Oh yeah, so I've, I've got me happy waistcoat on now. I didn't tell you about that last time, um, but yeah, it's just it's such a. Depressing and it's ruining weekends. My after a Charlton game, this sounds a bit sad. First thing I do next morning, you wake up and you kind of think, Oh, what's going on? Oh, Charlton estate. Oh. You know, it's just ruining weekends and you know, Wednesday mornings. So, um, yeah, mm. oh, Chris yeah. Gavin Carter's in, in the comments uh, so far today, one of the non executive members at, at Charlton. Um, yeah. he, he said that you know, he, he, he doesn't think that. The club is accepting sort of where we are currently. I mean, do do you have confidence in in this ownership group and what you've seen so far, what we know about them from previous clubs, and and mm. what what they're saying they want to do that that they can be the ones to turn this this malaise around? Um, not really, but you know, it's that thing of, of we've got no choice other than to give them a chance. Um, I so I worked so my happy waistcoat. Is from the this is from the '98 playoff final. You know the suits everyone got. I happened to work at Charlton for that year, and all the staff, pretty much all the staff, got given a suit. And so I thought I wear this for happier times. But previously, I worked at Sunderland. So I've got a lot of friends who support Sunderland. 
um, and were quite involved. And um, yeah, Charlie Methven. Um, I don't know. I'm not. You know. I'm, no, I'm not 100% confident. But I'd love it to. Uh, you know. I, the, the problem is we've got more owners than we've got staff contracted for next year. The players contracted for next year, it seems. So, you know, is it a consortium who lead? It's yeah. And the recruitment has been really poor. You know. So, so you know, call me back on a happy show at the end of January and go, yeah, that was great when we signed some players. But we just each week it's just getting worse and worse and it is um i saw paul davenport put earlier about the um or is it all hell let loose about the the chart <laughs> your chart was like at the beginning of the season like, oh blimey and now it's like you haven't even got it any i bet he's thrown it away it's just like yeah <laughs> chris uh, yeah, just so. like, just on the signings then um so i think we were we had a little bit of a soft middle so i think we were too easy to play through so obviously we bought yeah. Tyreek Backinson and obviously Lewis Farini and potentially Johnson Clark Harris. That so do those signings fill you with any confidence? I know you're probably going to want more like everyone will, but do that firstly do those signings so far fill you with confidence? Are there are there any other positions that you really want to strengthen? Um, well, at least we're making some. Uh, you know, and it's only about the seventh of January, and we've already made two signings, and we're in negotiations with someone we've wanted to sign for two or three years. Um, but again, you know, Fiorini injured for a, a long time back. And uh, um, I remember him playing against us at, uh, for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, looked decent, but, you know, it it's just that, yeah, the sign-ins, like I say, I think, really think we need a leader. Um, uh, we, we've not really got any goalkeeping cover because of Isis' injury. I think Isis will probably be playing instead of Ash. Ash is a brilliant shot stopper. But, you know, again, when you watch football, you, you, you want a goalkeeper to command their area. And he either he started, like yesterday, two or three times, he's gone on a run, thinking, where's he going? Like, going out for the ball and was lucky in one bit where he chested it in the first half, outside the area. It's like, um, so I think we need a lot of strengthening, I think. But, but we really need to keep the players, like, you know, that like Dobbo um, is, he's the... It's kind of like our beating heart. I mean, it's a bit weak of a beating heart at the minute. But Dobbo's like, you know, a, a real hero for us. We haven't got many now. We had, you know, five, you know, a few years ago, we had teams of, of people that the fans loved. And I don't think there's many. If we got rid of everyone at bar three or four players, it, but most fans would shrug their shoulders. And I can't ever remember a situation like that, even through the, you know, the the bad days of the you know, when the rat was in soul charge, I just think, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I've not really contributed to the happy mood here, am I? Sorry. <laughs> Let's try and find some positives, Chris. Other than uh, stealing the next opposition's best player every week, which we hopefully will do with Peterborough, yeah. what, do, what do you think realistically we can use the rest of the season for now, looking into to next year and trying to find some positives from this second half of the season? Well, sadly, it's building, but, like you know, the season's over... And it's the beginning of January. Is I mean that's such a depressing thought. Um, so the only thing I think we can do is build. But then, if we're building, that means we're building with this manager. Uh, um, and again, with ten players under contract, and we might sign a couple more, whatever. But we build each year. You look at how many. Uh, uh, very few clubs change players like we do every year. You know, we we always have four or five loans in, and then they change. Then the team that starts next year is 
you know, 50% different from the team that finished the previous season. What well, was April last? What was it? We lost like 14 players during the summer, whatever. Um, so we can only build, but that means that we're building with Appleton. And, you know, is that, I know there's, yeah, I'm sure he, he's one of the, he's probably got a, it's like with players we signed, there's a good manager in there, but I really haven't seen it for us. Um, I'd love to be proved wrong. I hate watching games like yesterday where there's not that passion. You know, you wake up on a match day and go, yeah. And when you wake up on a match day and go, oh. So, yeah. It's got to be building for next season because we've got no choice, really. You know. Mm, that uh, on the way on the train up yesterday to Port Vale, I didn't know that I was up early, but I felt so miserable going to that game. I just had nothing. That's why. That's why I think I was pleasantly surprised. It actually, was quite a fun game, even if like I might. I'll, I'll play the clip at the end of the show of my reaction to the goal because BBC London stiffed me by putting it on air when I thought I was off it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's we need we need something to cling on to. You know, Gavin Carter's sort of been in the chat there trying to galvanise us, I guess, by saying that no one's accepting where we are, but obviously results so far, I mean, as, as someone said in the chat a minute ago, I think it was Guy, so yeah, it's a mid-table squad providing mid-table results, and that's where we mm. have been for a while, and, and, and it's getting frustrating. But Chris, um, thank you for wearing the jacket, at least, to remind us of the better times. Um, that's hopefully, fine. Hopefully in the next few years, we'll all be getting good jackets to suggest that something good's happened at some point. But yeah, it's great to have you on, um, you know, very realistic yeah, about where you. we are. Good to speak to you, and uh, yeah, cheers for being this week's guest fan. You're more than welcome, Cheers, Louis. Thanks all. There we go. That's Chris Collingwood, who's this week's uh, guest fan. Uh, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Um, obviously, before the Peterborough game, we'll, we'll have a proper preview on on, on uh, Thursday. But we've got to remember, Nath, you know, seven games without a win now. People are miserable for, for the right reasons. <laughs> Jam tomorrow has been promised for a long time. We, we need we need a fair, fairly big portion of that jam coming in this January transfer window just so we can... And I hate saying this at the same time every year. Lay some groundwork for next season. It has to. It has to be better between now and then. You know, for Michael as well, he's got to be realistic about the fact that, that some of the results recently haven't been great. Even even if there are players missing, we, we we need to be able to grind out wins. So we've got to see a lot of of people proving us wrong or right in in the second half of this campaign. Yeah, we do. I mean, we've got a, obviously a big second half. Um, I just want to see the. Just want to see us play with a little bit less anxiety, you know. I mean, TC played well yesterday. I'll give him his due. He went through a rough patch the last few weeks, and it was I was delighted that he scored yesterday because there was a there was a moment yesterday where the ball ran under his foot, and I thought, oh no, here he goes again. But I just want him to play with a, with less pressure, and I know that's easy for me to say that, but I think that's the only way. Where if if we take we take off put our foot on the gas and have a go. And be less anxious. I think all these games coming up, I think we'll probably get some results. And I know that might sound difficult to believe right now, considering the run we're going on. But we've got to at some point because the alternative is that we're going to go further and further down that table. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just still going to try and remain positive with the games coming up. But you don't, like I said earlier, you don't know what team's going to turn up. We could we could turn up next week and turn people over for all I know. Um, mm. But yeah, I just think we need to need to try and keep our heads a little bit. Excellent. Well, let's see if we can. Right, we've run out of time uh, on this week's show. Uh, massive thank you to everyone who's joined us uh, live uh, in the chat. Uh, massive thank you to Chris, who was our guest fan as well. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube and on your podcast apps as, as well. Big thanks, Nathan, Tom. Good to speak to you guys. Cheers, lads. Cheers, you beautiful men.
Yeah, good to see you. Right, so just to play us out then, I'm going to play you the clip from, from yesterday on Radio London just to sum up the frustration of supporting Charlton Athletic uh, at this moment in time. And what about in League One today? Oh, dear, oh dear, Charlton Athletic. Chisel it, rolls it forward to the edge of the box. It comes a shot. Oh, it's crept in at the near post. And Port Vale have a leveller in the 92nd minute. Again, Charlton concede late. Louis Mendes, let's get him some help as soon as we can. We'll speak to him in a moment or two. We'll reflect too on Millwall's defeat to When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.